Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rugby Coffee's first ever podcast. Um, joining me today on this podcast, the first ever episode, is Tina Spinar. And Tinas is a very good friend and an ex-teammate of mine. We played together at Turks or Tickies or the University of Pretoria, if you like. Uh, but we, even before that, we were in opposing teams. Him playing for the Teachers College in Pretoria and me playing for the University of Pretoria. So, Tinas, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Corne, thank you so much for having me on the show. Fantastic to, to be here. Yeah, it's, uh, this technology thing sometimes can uh, uh, throw a few curveballs, but we're now on it. Uh, we are finally starting with this podcast. Um, you know, and Rugby Coffee, the podcast is all about to getting, you know, the word out um, about what we're trying to do. It's about rugby people and how rugby people can make a difference um, through the game, through coffee, and then just to promote rugby in all different levels and all areas. So, um, starting today, Tinas, you and me got together and we started discussing rugby coffee and um we got to a point where the podcast was one of the things and now we finally we, we got to it. So um, just to start off, um, you know, there's a few things that um, you've experienced through the game of rugby and you, you talk about uh, it's not just a game, it's a way of life. Talk to us about that philosophy. Great stuff. Yes, Quinn, just to get back to the technology part for a couple of seconds there, I felt like a forward caught in a back line because <laughs> I, I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> um, but in any case, no, my friend, as you know, um, rugby has always been a passion of mine, a burning passion, and um, life itself is, is, is life. But um, through my journey and my journey is not a long one. I'm talking like I'm a six to a seven-year-old man. In my 25-year journey of, of rugby, I first started as a player and then real life kicked in, if you want to call it. And after that, only uh, I fell back onto rugby when I started coaching. And um, I realized that the principles of the game that stood me so well in the early part of my years um, was something that you could apply in daily life and not just in my coaching philosophy, but me as a person, me as a family man, um, and me wanting to make a change in my community through what I do. And that's how the philosophy was, was born. And, and from that point was from where I was coaching. Um, Kaiwana Rugby back in you know 2010 that I started, that was the philosophy. It was uh, that it's more than just a game and, Everything that happens in life happens between the four lines too, but it's how you cope with it with your teammates and how you apply those principles of respect and discipline, etc., in the right environment and, and the results that you reap. Great. And I, I mean, when I started thinking about rugby coffee and how I would like it to be a lifestyle 
as well, which it is, um, you know, rugby and coffee, it's a lifestyle, it's a culture. And um, I sort of thought these are the lines that are that's part of it and hence why I phoned you. So uh, it's really good to have you as part of what we're trying to do. And, and, I, and I know you are supporting us um, and you are helping us developing the brand, you know, and um, just uh, make people aware, you know. So what are you currently up to? Well, Gwene, I've been blessed to the last six years being full-time involved in schools rugby in South Africa, uh, in Somerset West with Parovalay High School. Um, it's been an amazing journey after I returned back from Canada where I was involved with club rugby to get back into the game at, at, at schools level. Um, as you know, back in the day when we first played against each other, um, I was at the teacher's training college and um, you were at Ducks. But uh, I never went into teaching. Um, you know, my road was a bit of rugby first and then a bit of business world and then eventually back into the game as a coach. But here I found myself um, at last back in the school environment and I realized, you know, the the value of mentorship and coaching and coaching with the right philosophy and um, message that you put out there, you know. It's not about winning games always. It's about uh, winning those personal battles. Yeah, and you've um, you've done a great job um, at Paro Falei. Um, but before we get to that, um, yes. tell us how you guys, you and your family, dealt with COVID and the school dealt with COVID and how you're dealing with it still um, and how you personally dealing with it. Yeah, yeah that I think is uh, it's a question that every single person will have a story to tell. Uh, in our specific case here, my friend, it, it started off... Um, it started off good, if you want to say it, and then as they keep moving the goalposts further and uh, people started realizing, look, this is a serious, serious thing that's going on and, and, and people should uh, take heed. I think um, it's been tough. It's been tough from uh, on a family perspective. Uh, my wife, as you know, Ines, she works in a hospital environment. She is a nurse and uh, yeah, in Somerset West. So right from the beginning, we were well aware of what lies ahead, but it's like, like everybody around you <laughs> was privy to the same information. So four months down the line, here we are. I mean, uh, it's been up and down emotionally, but the beautiful thing about it is um, it's, it's gotten everybody closer. It's, it's drawn a family together. It's uh, spending quality time and, and and focusing on, on the things that really matter, you know, those closest around you, um, trying to keep safe at the same time. On a PV side, it's also been amazing. We've, we've had a COVID team that was put together by uh, my director of sports and our headmaster. And um, I'm part and grateful to be part of that team whereby we scan every kid that comes into the school, take temperatures, uh, sanitize. So, yeah, it's a new way of life, my friend. Um, as you know, uh, it's something nobody saw coming. It's something everybody's learning to deal with as they go along. Um, 
But yeah, five, four, five months down the line, Corne, um, I take care of myself, my family, and make sure that people around me, you know, are aware. It's not something to play with. So um, the kids, the school kids, um, how have they been dealing with it? And I'm talking about all the kids and then also how the kids who were supposed to play a bit of rugby, it's some of them at the last, last year in school, normally a big year for any player who plays school rugby, whether they're first, second, uh, third team. Um, yeah. And they're going to miss out, I think. Um, so how are they dealing with this? Well, we as a country, South Africa, um, was right on the hills of America and the UK and our response to the disaster or the pandemic. Um, but funnily enough, we felt that kids needed to be in school whilst I know on your side it's still a gradual reopening in America. Some have not gone to school yet. So, yeah, it's been... When I say that is, it's created a, a big divide between parents that feel their kids should be at school and parents that don't and people that are worried and people that are not. But in between, yeah, the poor kids are left. Um, so from a rugby perspective, and it's sad as hell, we never played one match this season. We had trials. All the rugby jerseys arrived. The kids were about to go on tours. Uh, we had an international rugby tour scheduled. That was a year in the making. Parents paid, and they were supposed to depart in March 20th when the country got locked down and the world got locked down. So, yeah, there's a lot of broken dreams laying around Parlevelay's paddocks. Um, I can think of a couple of players, three, four of them, that would have represented one of the four Western Province Craven Weekend Academy sides. And then I can think of another five, six players that um, would have had a breakout year in a first team that sat the whole of 2019 on a reserve bench. And you know how heartbreaking that is, my friend. You and I were both blessed to play in first teams at schools for a year or two. And um, yeah, I can't imagine myself in their shoes um, that last year. And all you have to do is go to school for six hours and go home um, as a rugby player, that would break me. But, yeah, from a coaching perspective and as a rugby player, one that thinks he can still play and kick and run around, um, I just I pray that there's a quick return. We've, we've tried to introduce one or two things. Um, we've got, carried on with testimonials and getting academies out to speak to our kids and paving the way for 2021. But the problem is no one knows when in 21 will be safe to return because we are far behind you guys. And, you know, we're at the moment one of the top five infected countries and community spread at its highest. So we don't know. I, yeah, I guess, um, you know, if you take take it into real perspective and it's people's lives etc then yes it's hard um uh, kids don't get to do what they wanted to do regards to their sport or their rugby or you know whatever it is but 
you know, if if they can see that bigger picture and understanding that uh, there's bigger things that we all need to be aware of and be mindful of, then, you know, that's also good learning. It's just a shame that they can't um, express themselves on a rugby field, on a sports grounds, you know. Exactly. But, um, look, tell us a little bit quickly about your paddle fillets, um, the, the school's journey since you started there. What's your role and what what was the aim and what achievements you, you got? In a, in a minute or so, um, can you sum it up for us? Definitely. Um, yeah, it's been an amazing journey, Cornelie, since... Uh, was 11 November, six years ago, five years ago, that the headmaster gave me the position and gave me free reign to, to build a rugby program. The school's only 28 years old when I joined. And as you know, we are in the rugby belt uh, in the Western Cape, in between Paul, uh, Paul Boys, Paul Jim, Paul Ruiz, and all the big schools, let alone the southern suburb schools, the Bishops and the Bosch and all of them. And I, uh, back then, five years ago, made some big promises, like I always do, and I said uh, that the school will be recognized as the rugby power within five years. I was given a five-year contract uh, based on a cycle that uh, comes through a school. And um, I said that we'll also be promoted from the league that we found ourselves in, which was a third-tier league, the top Two tiers are your 16 top schools in the Western Cape. Um, those are the big names that I've just mentioned, the Boland Lampos and all of them. And through blessings um, in abundance, amazing coaches um, that uh, supported my vision and, and dream for the rugby program. And obviously highly committed uh, players and parents. We have managed to, in the last five years, grow exponentially uh, by 100%. 200% uh, from four rugby teams when I arrived to 10, now in 2020. And uh, in 2018, at the end of the season, so starting 2019, we were promoted into the Western Province Premier League and joined the Big Dogs. And last year, we were blessed to play our first two Premier A schools, which was Bishops and Ronnebosch. And also managed to, in the process, contribute with five Craven Week players that went to Craven Week and represented the Western Province Academy team. Amazing. Is that the first ever um, representatives from the school um, to the Craven Week? Goras, there was one player before, you'll know him, Hayden Grupis. Hayden Grupis came from Parlevelle as well. He's one of the Blue Bulls coaches now, junior coaches. Uh, and Parlevelle also produced another a legend, old swing Gile Jadesweni. I don't know if you know him, the referee, Springbok referee, yeah. part of the panel. Um, but from a yeah, playing perspective, in 2018, we had our first Craven Week representative, 2019, uh, sorry, 2017, one, then it was two, and then it was five. So, and through the ranks, obviously, over the last five years with the results uh, preceding itself uh, and me doing a very active, as you know, marketing, social media, recruitment, and, and public relations drive around Parlevelle Rugby, our, you know, our aim, vision, and mission. Um, we've managed to enhance the quality of the grade intake. To give you just a quick idea, 2015, 
I had 413 rugby players applied to the program. The rest was all, you know, kids that played in B, C teams or starting to play the game. Um, and in 2019, we had two full under 13 A teams apply with the C team in the field for the first time. Um, and a couple of junior Craven Week players. Oh. Now, Tinas, um, I've, I've been watching your um, journey at Paddle Filet and I've been pretty impressed how everybody has pulled together and uh, under the vision that you guys created. And, you know, and the rewards are there to see, you know, obviously, um, you know, this year puts a bit of a halt to things, you know, but, you know, you can, you can work from there. You've got an amazing base to work from. So congratulations on to everyone and yourself for, for getting to that. And you thank know, you. And, yeah. Um, thank you. Yes, much more um, good success coming your way. And, um, a lot of kids getting opportunity, not even playing. Not I'm not even talking about playing first team rugby. I'm talking about being part of the game and um, understanding and learning what that is about team sport. Because that the skills you get from that, and uh, and you know attitude you get from from being part of that is massive. What this game brings, and and this is what oh, we agree on. Yeah. Now, um, you. Obviously, um, you mentioned your family, etc. So, um, in this time, um, you know, you've come closer together. But your journey from a young player at school, um, etc. How how did that? Um, you know, how did the family, your family, support you? How did people around you support you? Where can you name a few names? on your journey that really been, uh, you know, really standout people? I know there's plenty and you can't name all of them, but just highlight a few and name them and tell us what they've done for you. So, um, uh, of course, that's what it's about. It's about people and people helping each other. So can you give us a bit of a... Absolutely, mate. Um, I, as I, I think there's a photo where I've got a rugby ball at age two in my hand and I was obviously drop kicking it at that moment. But <laughs> so that I must thank my father for firstly. Um, he's passed away, um, they see in 1995. But um, he was the guy that gave me my first rugby ball and, and always uh, pushed me to start playing the game. But... Um, yeah, I started playing when I was six. I was back in Springs, uh, you know, primary school rugby player. And uh, my very first and uh, and influential coach in my life that I can remember was at Ichenwete. There was a, he wasn't even a rugby coach. He was our vice principal, Kevi uh, Bester. And he was the guy that taught me how to, you know, to place kick and, and drop kick and become a kicking specialist, which I regard myself as 45 years later only and still not uh, knowing everything about the science of it. But, um, yeah, so TV Bester and at high school there was uh, Mr. Farensberg, our first team coach, that had a lot to do with me and my family. Um, but my mom and dad, Corne, I mean, my mom and dad were normal working class folk. And um, I can remember that even if I played in Betal, or Secunda, or Delmas, or whatever, the Pretoria, Johannesburg. I remember when I 
when I played my first game for Northern Transvaal under 19, um, that was in 1995, 1996. But they drove to Nelspruit. My father and mom were there and they had the picnic bag and they had the two chairs and they were always right behind me. Um, I, I was blessed to go to the teacher's training college and um, there my, my hostel father was another legend of the game, Hans Dirksen. Um, Hans, he not only was our rugby coach, but he was also Hans was our, our, our hostel father, like I said. And then um, a family that supported me and, you know, was very influential too in my life, the brothers and their father and mother and, you know, Passed away recently, bless his soul, too, is the Van der Waltz, Nikki and George and Don, they're all friends of ours. But I remember my very first overseas tour that I couldn't, that I um, had to go on. Uh, my father and mother wasn't in a position to, to support that financially. And um, today I would like to say publicly, um, Nick Van der Waltz was one of the people that helped me uh, financially to get on that to um, go overseas and and was always there to support, like my mom and dad was. I said, though, in my first year at university, my father passed away. But um, I had amazing coaches that also stepped in and was there. Someone like Omans Dirksen, when Phil Pretorius, Coach Phil, um, he was my first team coach in Kopia. And also Inaka Mayer for one season was involved with us. And uh, so from a coaching perspective, a lot of people that, Played a big part in my development, um, but most importantly, my friend, uh, the fact that my mom and dad was always there for me, supported, and did their absolute best to provide what they could. Amazing, Tinas. Yeah, um, family uh, that are able to get to games, you know, that is something that is, you can't put a price on it. No. And, um, you know, you don't realize it at the time. It's more when you look back, you know, and you realize what they have done. I've yeah. got two little kids myself. And, you know, thinking about the stuff that I want them to do and I want to be able to be present when they do those, you know, it, it, it's it's something that I also remember with my mom um, driving us around my stepdad taking us from one sports event to the next you know and they never complained they always made a plan and it's it's what a family um is doing for their kids and you know in this covert time you know you you have to you know homeschool you have to sort of deal with um your work on top of that, yes, you know, and um, but your kids comes first, and 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 fantastic that you also had people like a family helping you out. That shows you what rugby is about. Um, I, I was fortunate to get to know Nikki in primary school. We played Craven Week together, and um, we had fun times then. And obviously, he, him, and his brothers went on to big things. You know, playing good Super Rugby and. Curry Cup, etc. Look, um, I want to talk to you about rugby coffee now, if yes. I may, and um, why you um, took my call and why you were happy to help me to grow um, uh, the awareness of what we're trying to do. Um, 
before I do that, I want to tell people that um, rugby coffee started because we are passionate about rugby. We love our coffee. Um, I had a feeling that I, I need to do something more and I, I knew that I can't do it by myself. And I wanted to sort of mobilize the rugby community. Um, I've got a business called the Rugby Universe. We do kids programs, um, multi-sports camps at the moment. But there's always rugby skills in there. And um, and I wanted to get these programs out, out to um, further Further than from the start, the vision was to have a footprint over the world and give kids the chance to play that can't afford it, etc., and access some funds somewhere to to help families and kids to to first of all um, access the program, have a chance to learn about it, and get all these skills and um, the values and learn all of that. So. At some point, I realized this is going to take a long time for me to get this out. Um, and this is where Rugby Coffee um, was born. And I, the idea is to be able to sell coffee to a rugby market and the sports market and the community. And then to be able to put a percentage, we agreed to a tenth, you know, a tithe, sort of 10% going into, from the, of the profits going straight into um, selected projects, selected sort of charities, working with kids in sport, especially rugby, um, all around the world. Um, and this is where it started. And, um, you know, why did you, what did you see in this that um, made you wanted to help? Well, I think the main thing was, it was about a month before you, the phone call, I saw you know, that you started posting one or two things about rugby coffee and it caught my eye. But then when you called me and you said to me that this is the following that you want to post and that the the philosophy of it's not just a game, it's a way of life, um, is something that you want to put out there and, and, and that you know it's something that I've built my brand and um, philosophy on the last 10 years, Um I liked what you were saying, and from the bat, uh, I said to you, mate, that's, it's not a trademark or anything. It's something that we both believe in, that I know what you do that side with um, the Rugby Coaching Universe and your programs, and I know that your passion and your commitment to, to the game and development of kids um, runs deep. So I said, please, uh, go ahead and, and run with it. Um, for me... And you asked me earlier exactly why do I say it's not just a game, it's a way of life. Um, because the character development that you receive through playing the game of rugby, for my, for, from my own perspective, is bar none. Um, because under pressure situations, within a team environment, um, when you have to make decisions, those are the times that your your character truly gets tested and your metal gets tested, and that's when true character shines through. That's where mental toughness and and true grit reigns, and that's what you know de defines you at the end of the day. Is, is how your character gets shaped. Um, for me, that made sense, and that's why I supported right off the bat uh, what you were asking and what you were uh, planning on doing. Your vision. Man, 
um, I'm so glad you're involved and you know I know you for a long time and I know your passion for the game too and and um, understanding that I can trust uh, a buddy um, like you do in a rugby pitch you know sometimes you gotta cover each other's backs you know yes. um, Especially if you attend like yourself, we as flankers have to do a lot of tapping for you. But no, I'm so pleased that you're helping me uh, creating this uh, brand and the awareness around it. Yes. Um, for people out there, this is this is something that we are very passionate about. We are busy now with with our coffee, the profiles. Um, uh, we're almost. Uh, at that point where we are happy with the roasters that we in the different areas that we're going to start in we have a very good um, a very very good uh, uh, advisor in terms of the coffee people who've been in the business for many years we actually started the whole drive of eco-friendly sustainable um, ethically sourced coffee uh, and uh, investing money back into the coffee communities to make it better for them and their environments. So we are very lucky. Those, uh, that um, contact actually came from you, and it came from a rugby side of things, where where kids were uh, their kids were at a Stellenbosch, uh, Stellenbosch um, academy doing doing their month there and you were coaching there and that is how rugby works and that's that network and so we are busy working on that and we've got um, launch dates etc that we're working towards but in the meantime we've been doing a lot in terms of getting our ambassadors known that's signing up with us they all believe in what we're trying to do and um, we are excited about the journey ahead so I'm, I'm thanking you for Believing in tennis and um, yes, mate. and also but, just the the things that we are talking about rugby's values, so the discipline in life, the respect for others, and how you support and can be in solidarity. The, doesn't matter what your background is, um, the teamwork, the sportsmanship, and community. You know, yeah. um, all of those things, and then passion on top of that. You know, hopefully, this will mean that. Um, our business uh, model will help so many kids out there. And um, I don't know if you want to add to anything to that, Tinas, no. uh, before we wrap this up. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i very happy, mate. That was, that was fantastic. But uh, I just wanted to check with you. Are you guys dealing with the COVID that side? And, uh, you know? No, I think we are very lucky, Tinas, in, in the sense that we... Um, people are very sensible. Yeah, around Twickenham area where I live, um, we've got a couple of de- decent-sized parks that we can go out and escape. And now it's been relaxed a little bit. Um, you know, in in the UK, people are moving a bit more freely now. Can do a bit more things in bubbles, and hence why I, I could start my sports camps. We're running sports camps here in Twickenham in one of the parks, um, and uh, we are fortunate that we could do that, so we can bring in the income again. So we we are very lucky. The kids have we all gone through a period of this is um, quite tricky, but you know it's that resilience uh, and you know the togetherness that you're gonna look back at and think, wow, um, yes. this was a good time. 
you know, and yeah, people had to go and do other stuff. You know, people lost their jobs. People lost uh, loved ones. We lost people near to us as well. And, you know, you got to deal with it. And it's very difficult. You're so distant from uh, your loved ones and the people that, that you can't get to them. You can only support, um, you know, um, over the phone, etc. But um, all in all, we, we've been really blessed that we could carry on um, as a family and grow as a family as well, you know, and doing our things. But look, I, I don't want us to carry on too long, too much longer. Um, we're on 32 minutes and um, I, I'd yeah. like people to, to sort of um, listen to this, go and follow our social media. It's Rugby Coffee. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. It's on LinkedIn. Um, and just follow our journey, and when our coffee is ready, hopefully you'll be happy with our coffee. We um, have great plans with a big product line that we want to create. We start with a few first and, and a few countries first. We can't roll out every country, but every rugby country is where we want to be, and we hope to have your support. And um, Tinas, thanks for your support as well, and um, have a great rest of the day. Thank you, Cornet, and thank you for having me on the first podcast, mate. Yeah, fantastic. I loved it. Um, plenty more to come from our rugby ambassadors, which will be our next few podcasts. So tune in for those and um, look out for those on social media. Thank you, everybody. Have a lovely coffee and enjoy any rugby you can get your eyes on. Take care. Brilliant. Cheers, mate.